1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. And for this episode, we have with us Mr. Divang Narela, who is the founder and CEO at HiWaiPay. Hi, Divang. Thank you for joining us.
0: Hi, Archit. Good to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me to speak out here. It's a pleasure to
1: have you. So to begin with, could you please take us through your journey so far and also share with us your vision of co-founding HiWai?
0: Sure. Uh, As I say, I've been like uh, all my life, I've been more like a warrior. So... All entrepreneurs are warriors. I've been an entrepreneur for close to about 30 plus years now. So And uh, fintech, that too. So I've been in fintech for close to about uh, 31 years. Uh, From a career point of view, if you look at from my resume, if I look at Biodata, resume point of view, it's very simple. uh, Nothing in terms of too many companies. Started with Bombay Stock Exchange's technology team. Was recruited for basically developing their online trading systems. Uh, 95 went along to... Co-founded a company called Financial Technologies along with my other uh, co-founder Jignesh Shah. Uh, formed a company. That company, we went around again against the tide to create a software products company for the financial markets. Uh, I was a tech co-founder there where we went around creating again uh, multiple markets. Uh, we owned uh, and operated. Uh, almost about 15 odd exchanges along with other ecosystem ventures. Uh, During the same time, within the same group, uh, we had incubated a company called Atom, which was a digital payments company in 2006. So from being a pure play tech role, I moved from uh, financial technologies to Atom and uh, 2019, uh, I had sold Atom to Entity Data Corporation, which is one of the Fortune 50, part of the Fortune 50 entity group in Japan. Again, Entity Data itself is one of the largest uh, software integration, system integration companies globally. And uh, 2022, 2023, I get out of uh, uh, um, the Atom, which was now called Entity Data Payment Services, and founded Hiway. The fundamental vision behind IY was basically if you look at uh, the overall cross-border and remittance space. So we had got, got a lot of innovations in the last few years in digital payments. We've seen a lot of innovations in markets. So when we look at a financial fintech industry as a whole, because people often consume confuse fintech with lending. I would say fintech is a broad range of basically financial technologies that have been created under different verticals. So there is banking, financial services, which includes your uh, broking and a whole lot of other services and including insurance and all kinds of full gamut of services out there. So we've seen in digital payments, a huge amount of innovations, which have occurred in the last seven odd years right now. And cross-border payments was one area where uh, I think the technology is still we're still using 1970s technology right now. We're not moved from 1970s in 2023. Uh, the friction, the ease basically of doing payment for the end consumers to basically uh, the businesses and all. I think those sort of bigger issues were there. And having studied those issues, the idea is how could we solve the problem for the people who are doing maybe any kind of a cross-border payment. And that's what got to the birth of Pay. And uh, Pay, as a name comes in, it's high-speed wire. So, we would definitely, we were looking at helping people move money faster. And when you say help move money faster, it does not necessarily mean you break the rules and regulations. It has to be within basically the regulatory ambit. Whatever is the right regulations, whatever the country's rules and regulations are there, we need to follow that. And under that, wherever we can create a disruption, we would aim to do that. And that's what was the genesis of Highway.
1: Awesome. So as I was reading about Hiway, I got to know that it's described as a global cross-border fintech platform for studying abroad, because it also helps in, uh, you know, providing solutions related to payments to parents, students, universities. So can you explain that how Hiway and how highway works and basically how does it solve these specific problems which could be related to like people going abroad studying?
0: So, there are again, when I say uh, first, I think just one small correction there. Highway Pay is uh, basically a broad cross border fintech and uh, a cross border remote-, remote space. We're starting with the student use case because we thought basically that is one area where we need to focus on it because at the end, consumers who are getting troubled a lot, there are close to about one and a half million students who are going to go abroad from India, and there are close to about two and a half to three million students who are studying already in those global geographies, they need to be basically handled and they need to be able to do the remittances more uh, seamlessly. Uh, but the overall, the flow is very simple. The idea is, we, have, again, the whole essence of a technology, basically the backbone we're trying to create is create a technology which is very, very simple to use for the end consumers. Anything complex will become a problem out there. So as uh, we say out there, basically, uh, for us, the biggest constituents out there is our partners and including students and their parents also. So when I talk about when you look at a study abroad ecosystem, per se, the study abroad ecosystem, the counseling or the consultants who basically help students b- fill in their admissions and basically build up their letter of recommendations and essays and other things and help a lot of the students. They're the primary drivers of growth for us. So they become our fundamental partners. Number one. Number two is basically, again, from a student point of view, we're again looking at what sort of technologies can we create and make it easier for students and their parents to do, really do their transactions out there. So one first is basically we created a web portal for consultants to help refer students to us. Number one is where, where they can refer students to us and help students do multiple things. For example, right from doing remittances to apply for loans to multiple things, they can do it from their own portal out there, from the education consultants portal. The idea is because any student coming, the first stop of uh, entry is basically the uh, consultant and that's where they can talk to the consultant and basically get referred to us. Moment a student is referred to us, uh, the whole journey changes to basically uh, DIY kind of a journey for a student where we send out the app, uh, the overall network, the com- application sends out an email to the student to download the app. Once the student downloads the app, again, the idea is app is the property for a student. Not only when the student is applying or maybe paying, making the tuition fee payments or doing other things. The idea is basically, can he take this physically app and use the same app in the foreign geography as well? And there are a lot of things that we're trying to do. Number one is basically we're helping students do remittances. So, entire flow of remittance in terms of sending money out to the specific universities including for the subsequent initial living expenses and all they can do they can do it for accommodation and other things they can make those payments uh, from the app itself uh, and then they can design basically so again as i said because there are a lot of regulations that need to be followed out there so in terms of basically uh currently for the fund transfer for remittances you have something called as an a2 form which needs to be filled by everybody and which needs to be recorded with all your past transactions also. So if uh, hypothetically if a student has done some past transaction and maybe application fees or something in terms of doing foreign uh, remittances, those are captured by our system. The data is stored in our system itself. The idea is basically to help the student not, they don't need to keep on basically doing the current pain point is every time they go to a bank, they need to remember what what was the last transaction they did when did they do the transaction? Which banker they used for doing the transaction? Was it their own banker? Was it any other for, authorized forex deal or anything else where they were doing the transaction from? Plus basically generating all this record keeping and all becomes a kind of a hassle for them. Second is basically, of course, the speed of basically uh, money transfer. And third is, of course, the fundamentally the rates out there. So there's a complete transparency in terms of the rates, which is which they can see it on the app uh, immediately. They know what is the IBR, the interbank rate, and basically they can see the rates around there. Plus, basically they know what sort of markers are levied on that, what sort of transaction fees are there, what is the TCS, uh, TCS? TCS is tax calculated source that they need to pay for expenses to everything. So everything is done from the app itself, uh, and they go around making a payment from the app. Second is basically they can be uh, at the same time not only do your tuition fees, but they can do the. Uh, remittances for the living fees so if they are in in those countries out there if they download the app they can uh, as well if they have an access to an indian bank account they can do and ask for basically living expenses as well as for accommodation but at the same time the beauty is basically we created one more uh, application for parents out there whereby a student can generate what we call as a collect request now collect calls you have collect request in uh, upi i think that was basically our i think uh, inspiration for creating this sort of a thing because uh, often or not Students will not pay on their own because typically the parents who pay from the on behalf of the students. So you created a collect request form, basically, which a student a student can generate a collect request and send it to the parent, and parent can open their app and or they can go over the web and make a payment on behalf of the student. So I just create a very very simple flow, and on top of it. For the student, we have created uh, a loyalty program called Highway Coins, which they can redeem. Even before they go, they can redeem for things in India. And once they go to those respective geographies, they can redeem for the uh, rewards out there in those respective geographies. For example, if they're in the US, they can use it for maybe uh, getting uh, some coupons on DoorDash or something else. Maybe same thing in Australia or Canada or UK. There are different service providers there. They can use it for whatever is relevant to them. So we have created uh, a complete bouquet out there and that's what uh, we are aiming for right now
1: wow that's actually a very innovative app and i must say with the kind of times that we live in um, with the technology coming up obviously i think it's been leveraged to a very good extent i must say Thank so you. also i wanted to know that you know because india is like a growing economy and the d- digital transformation is something that we have been seeing we all have been a part of it so i wanted to know your point of view on this social transformation that digital payments can bring to a growing economy like india and how highway contributes to this transformation?
0: Two things. And it's, let's start with digital payments because I have been my earlier author I was basically a, a driving digital payments for almost 17 odd years. So uh, I've seen that closely, very, very closely. and seen the complete transformative changes in the entire industry. Uh, think of it. Think of yourself uh, from an individual customer point of view. You go down to a hawker or you go down to buy vegetables. Do you need to remove cash right now? You don't need to remove cash. Everybody in this country, every every vendor, so whether it's your own, the guy who's going and doing your uh, delivery at your house to maybe a hawker to anything. And I'm not even talking about larger, maybe businesses out there. Of course, larger businesses can afford to have digital payments, but even the smallest of the guy and the smallest of the payments you have using a QR code right now. And that is basically social transformation, which we've been talking about for generations to generations. So for example, today, there are two things which can, it gets can giving rise to. One, these people, let's say we call small, extremely small businesses like hawkers and everybody else, Uh, like your artisans and all, once they started getting money into their bank accounts, they have a complete bank history available with them. Tomorrow, if they need a small business loan or something else, it becomes very easy for them to basically use and leverage that and get a small business loan. So simply that, I think that will catapult our economy, many fold from where we are right now. I think that's the biggest social transformation change that has occurred right now. So one and then having said that basically where does highway help so today for example when you look at foreign transfers and everything else yeah, of course these have to go through swift and those kind of uh, channels itself we have been basically uh, pushing for as much digital payment channels as possible for students to go down and do an rtgs to basically use payment gateways other things to do transactions out there including for small value payments and all we've been saying for example application fees and all we've been asked. i think students have to go down and use as much digital as possible and that's What is going to be, I think that's where uh, there's a small contribution in terms of uh, basically things around there. Tomorrow as things change in terms of cross-border, currently for large value payments, again, RTGS and all, you have a kind of a break where student has to go down to a bank and do the transfer. But tomorrow when you have the APIs available to you to be pull in and debit your bank account and transfer to some other bank account easily for large value payments also. Then the life becomes, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more transformative changes occurring over a period of time. And I think that's where uh, and the beauty of this is basically, when I look at uh, something like Highway Pay for us, basically the critical path is uh, a large part of people who are going abroad are not people from larger cities. Let's remember that these are people from tier two, tier three towns who are going abroad, who are basically for the better prospects, want to study in a better prospect. Of course, uh, India has some great education institutions also, but at the same time, uh, it's a question of competition is fairly too, too intense here. So that there is the aspiration level of people who go down, want to go down and study abroad and basically do specializations and everything else. I think that's contributory to basically. So where that's where idea is to how we can help them basically do their payment journeys and all, and that's going to be very very transformative.
1: Yeah, totally agree with that. So I'm sure there must be other players in this particular market as well. So I wanted to know that what sets your fintech company apart from the other firms and also from the traditional financial institutions that we also have today?
0: I think one thing that sets us apart is uh, uh, very clearly we are a complete uh, end-to-end player in this space of except consulting for example when you look at the entire journey that you break into three parts out there one is Consulting second is basically pay uh, financial services and third is basically uh, your accommodation and all we're fitting in the between out there in terms of uh, financial services out so whether it is lending whether it is going down and doing remittances whether it's going down and opening up Global bank accounts and operating managing and operating those bank accounts along with Forex cards we come in and fit in out there so we are not into siloized out there so from a student point of view I think let's look at from understand from a student point of view, we become a one-stop shop out there for them. They don't need to go down to multiple players, try to look at multiple things. That becomes easier for them to basically do and navigate that. So it's, the life is basically, it's like a concierge, basically for students to look at one-stop financial concierge where they can do multiple things. Although our centralized mode, the central theme for us is remittances. we are saying we help you move your money faster and more seamlessly. But at the same time, along with that, basically we'll give you a lot more things which are more value adds for you. And that's what sets us apart from anybody else.
1: Amazing. So my last question to you is that what advice would you like to give to the aspiring fintech entrepreneur, especially? And for those looking to make a positive impact in the education sector as well, I mean, how do you collaborate?
0: One, basically, for aspiring fintech entrepreneurs, I think dream big, number one, which is the most important thing. You can't have a smaller vision. And idea is basically, uh, we because earlier time, very, very early times, people were, India was more of, Kind of, a, I would call it a tortoise kind of an industry where people were like right into their own shells. They were not dreaming big. Uh, over the last few years, we have seen the startup culture in the country opening, operating up, and people have started thinking big, really thinking big, uh, and dreaming big about growing and scaling up a lot more. And India definitely offers you those kind of platform to do that. But at the same time, I think they need to be again conscious of basically when they are raising capital from their friends, families, investors, anything else. Whole concept of profitability because I think. It's not about, it. all the people say it's sexy about having a startup in place, but doing any business is not sexy at all. It's basically a lot of grunt, and groundwork that goes into building up a crude and great business out there. And ideas, the whole, I think the key thing is basically to ensure that you are profitable and uh, you have a part to profitability. Some people may be profitable on year one, some people may be profitable in year three, but you need to be very, very clear that you need to be profitable. And that's your responsibility to all the stakeholders. And of course, coming into the edtech space, uh, I think ed and fintech. So ed fintech is again a kind of a, a like a really burgeoning area right now. There are, uh, whether in domestic or whether international or anything else, I think there are opportunities. Of course, collaboration is the most important thing. You cannot basically build everything on your own. Uh, I think you have to collaborate, focus on your strengths out there, build that single most thing, which can basically make a transformative changes, but collaborate and massively collaborate with people around and build a higher scale business. I think that's going to be having the network effect is going to drive you to basically the next scale. Definitely. Thank you so much, Devang, for taking time out of your busy
1: schedule and joining us on this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Arjun. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode.